Okay, it is Luke chapter 2, 1 through 21. I'm just going to read from this one. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger, because there's no place for them in the inn. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, that will for be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had become told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. And at the end of eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. This is the word of God. Welcome back, oh, uh, some old faces. Great to see you. Um, I love it when this room is really full. And um, if, it were, if I had my way, I, we would change the calendar and Christmas would fall on the last Sunday of every December. <laughs> and we would wake up and we'd worship him. I mean, because that's... I don't know, what the heck is December 25th? It doesn't matter to me. I was like, it should, just, it should be on, on his day. It should be on God's day. And so every seven years or so, I guess I get to be happy about that, okay? Um, this is the Christmas passage. It's, it's, it, this is it. It's one of my favorite, favorite places in, in all of the Bible. It is, it is Christmas from the Bible. Um, not Christmas from culture, not Christmas from some Sunday school myth. <laughs> I, 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 I know that a lot of you, you, don't, you, you think you know the Bible, but what you believe is Sunday school myth. <laughs> you believe, okay, I, to people, let me be kind of mean about this, Sunday school lies, <laughs> okay? This is, but this is Christmas from the Bible. And if you really read it carefully, if you kind of, if you kind of close your eyes to all the, 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 the colors and the trees and the money and the sales and all the music and all the, all the stuff that happens that's Christmas according to culture. And then you close your eyes and you take yourself back to first century Palestine 
to just the way it's described in Luke chapter 2, it's something else. It's, it's actually so much more. And it's actually so extraordinary. That's what we're going to talk about today. Um, in three parts, take a quick look here. I have to be tight today. I'm, 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 I've been told we're going to do a lot of beautiful singing, all right? And we should. We should exalt Jesus. Um, three parts. Part one, history and humility. History and humility. Part two, glory in the highest. The angels came and gave this message, and then they said, glory to God in the highest. What is that? I'm going to talk about that in part two. Glory in the highest. And then part three, humility and shalom. Humility and shalom. Um, Let's get into this part one. History and humility. If you've been with us, and I know most of you, a lot of you have not been with us, um, about every other year or most years, a lot of years, I, I like to preach on humility when it comes to Christmas. Because more than anything in the passage, from the Bible itself, is this extraordinary thing called humility, which most of us wouldn't know if it came and bit us. You know, most of us, if humility came in the room and bit you on the rear end, you wouldn't know that it was humility. <laughs> That's the way most of us are. That's how messed up we are. And, um, but what shines through in the Bible is humility. Not trees, not money, not sales, not all this stuff, right? And not even this kind of silly thing, peace on earth, goodwill toward men. By the way, that's not in the Bible. <laughs> that's a bad translation. Huh? It's not even quite like that in the Bible. What there is is glory of God and peace to those whom God is pleased. That's what it actually says in the Bible. And so it's not even this kind of like kumbaya kind of message. Let's all hold hands and be all happy together because it's Christmas. That's, that's Christmas according to culture. But what's actually in history? This is the way it actually happened. What's actually in history? And um, it tells these extraordinary things in these, in these short little these short little. This is still often the way the Bible is like this. It tells you a world in just a little phrase, little phrases. And so there's a the whole all kinds of people are coming into a town. And because you're supposed to, so everybody's traveling at this time of year, but not because to see their family. They have to go see their family, but because the Roman Empire demands it, because they're going to count everybody for a census, and then that's how they, you know, that's how they decide where money and things are going to go. It's a governmental thing. And so, um, this guy Joseph, not with his wife, which is with his betrothed, that's all it says, his betrothed, you know, this is his fiance, not his wife. And she's with child, in other words, she's pretty big. And it's time to get the baby. Can you see it? And she put the baby in a manger. You understand what that means? Okay, it's not cute. It's terrible. It's really awful. Um, I've had three children. My wife has been pregnant four times. We had one miscarriage. Um, I can let you know, my wife did not want any of our children to go into a manger. <laughs> you know what a manger is? It's an animal feeding trough. 
And you know why they're there? Because there's no room for them in the inn. That's the way the Bible puts it. There's no room for them in the inn. That means they're poor. They're dirt poor. So they come in. There's a, you know, there's a, there's the, the wise man, right? No. Did you, did you hear anything about the wise man? The, in Matthew, in the, in the Gospel of Matthew, the story is told at a different time. It's not Christmas Day. So there are these guys called the Magi, and, you know, it's typically called wise men, and somehow they're educated and they know about prophecies, and they know that there's some signs to follow, and they show up. So they have to be smart. They have to know things, and then they have to go pursue it. They're, they're probably up. I don't exactly Some people think they're kings. Without a doubt, they're educated. And they come from far away, and that means they have to have money, and they have to have great gifts, and we know they must have, they must have some real wealth because of their gifts. Gold and frankincense and myrrh. And we don't know how many of them there were. Everybody thinks there are three. But there's three gifts, not three magi. Okay? There might have been ten. There might have been twenty. There might have just been two. But they're upper middle class. They're educated. They came from far away. They must have had serious money to make this journey. They're not at Christmas. <laughs> if you read the Gospel of Matthew... They have to go to the ruler, Herod. Where is he? Herod turns to his theologians. They say it's supposed to happen in Bethlehem. They then watch the star. They go, and then they walk into a house. Then they see the baby, and they fall down to their knees. They walk into a house, not a stable. When they walked in, there's no animals. (laughs) There's no, there's no horse crap. There's no cow feed. There's no stench of days and days of animals because animals don't get washed. You get it? Your pet dog gets a bath when he smells. But goats and cows and horses don't get a bath. They're not in the house. When the, when the upper middle class clean people with their gold and with their fancy perfumes, because that's kind of what this stuff, that's what frankincense is, when they show up on Christmas Day, there is a dirt poor girl, so poor that her husband can't afford even the cheapest room there is. Maybe, maybe the price had gone up because this is what happens. When, when people, a lot of people come into a town, the, the prices of, of the rooms go up. You guys know this? Have you, have you ever, you, I've driven across country and I went through this town where, and then I went to a, a, a room that should cost $60 and then they said it was going to cost $200. <laughs> what? <laughs> but regardless, the cheapest room, her, not her husband, her fiance, could not afford and can you see it? She's with child. Can you imagine? You go to the, the, the inn. Do you have a room? Ah! <laughs> Labor pain. This baby's coming, Joseph. 
We got to find a place. Let, let, let's go in there. But but it's it's a stable. There's no priest. There's no rabbi. There's no doctor. There's no nurse. There's not even any friends. Joseph is in his hometown. His relatives are supposed to be there because they're there for the census too. Where's his brother? Where's his father? Where's his cousins? Where's, where is one female cousin to help Mary when she's in labor? Where is somebody to hand them some money so they don't have to end up in a stinking stable? They're not just poor. I know it doesn't say this in the passage. Just think about this. If it's you, and you're in another town, and you're... Well, your fiancé would be kind of embarrassing because your fiancé, not your wife, but she's pregnant and she's in labor. Wouldn't somebody from your family be there? Isn't somebody from your family supposed to be there? But they're not there. I know there's this, um, it doesn't say this in the passage. But this is actually how history really works. This is how real life actually works. Think about this from a history point of view. She's not the wife. This is a really conservative society. You have a baby, and everybody knows you have a baby, and you have labor. The guy there is not your husband. In the Gospel of Matthew, Joseph, was he had to deal with the fact that his wife has a baby that's not his baby. And what happens when a teenage girl, because that's probably what she is. She's probably a 16-year-old girl, maybe 17. She's filled with a, a child, not her fiancé's child. You know what happens? Family don't show up. Friends don't come. People don't give you money. They're not just poor. They're rejected. You see it? And if my son was born and the first place we'd laid him was a manger, Grace, let's go here and have the baby. <laughs> I know what would happen. My wife would have started bawling. And when she would bawl, you know what would happen? I would bawl. They're poor. They're rejected. They're humiliated. This is Christmas. And when God, the God, you know, in in Genesis chapter 1, this is what God is like. Let there be light. Boom! Let there be stars. That galaxies. Let there be an ocean, land, and then there's life. That's God. 
But when God decided to be born, poverty, rejection, humiliation, animal stench, no friends, no doctors. And then there's the first guests, the first people besides the mother and the father who get to see the baby. You know who they are? They're shepherds. Now, let me see if I... It's, it's hard to get this across. It'd be my, if my son was born, <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> in some stable, and my brother doesn't show up. A doctor doesn't show up. And the first people who come would be like the maids at the local Motel 6. I don't know. Maybe they're illegal aliens even. because That's half the time when maids are in local motels. And they're invited. They didn't need to be scholars. They didn't need to study. They didn't need to have money to travel. They're invited. And who invited them? God. This is Christmas. In the most important event of all history up to this point, you know what God featured? Did he come with a mighty army? Did he come with fancy clothes? You know, when the president shows up, you know that there's a, there's a, you know, there's a White House honor guard? You know, do you know what the honor guard looks like? They wear absolutely their finest uniform, and they're all like six foot three, like chiseled soldiers. They're the best of the best of the best because they tell the world, we're the best. <laughs> Don't mess with us. This is our leader. <laughs> is that how he showed up? It's not how he showed up. <clears throat> Poverty. Rejection. Humiliation. The first people to see the baby were horses and cattle. The first people to see the baby were the lowest or the low in society. This is Christmas. And when we first get to see what God, so when God shows up to be human, to say, this is what I'm like. This is who I am. Do you want to see what I look like when I'm coming to the flesh? You know what he, what shined out? Humility. It was humility on Christmas Day. That's history. Let's go to part two. Glory in the highest. Um, the angels basically scare the heck out of the, the shepherds, okay? The shepherds are sitting there, and then it says, so this word is it's funny. I don't, I don't know if you noticed in the passage. The word glory is used twice, but it's used in two different ways. It says, the glory of the Lord, God shone upon them, and you know what that means? That means, and then they were scared to death, okay? I mean, they, get, they were super scared, okay? What does that mean? Glory there means a brightness, a beauty, something so worthy, so incredible. It, I mean, it shines so greatly, it made them actually scared. That's what glory is. Um, 
But then it goes on, and then the angels say, glory to God in the highest. Actually, they made, what does that mean? They're saying, they're saying the word differently. They're saying that glory is to give praise and honor and exaltation. So let me put it to you this way. Let me, there is the glory of Steph Curry. Okay, just let me put it this way. What is the glory of Steph Curry? It's when he does this. And the guy in front of him is looking like this. And you can see his face is all scared. And then he steps back and, and the other guy's. And then we all go. And you know what? I watched two hours of basketball just for that. You know that? You know that? It's so magnificent. It's so beautiful. And then afterwards, we have to have a reaction. So this is the glory of Steph Curry. And then right after he switches the shot, when he makes the other person look totally like helpless, then what do we do? Yeah, you know what that is? Glory to Steph Curry. You get it? You hear the words? The glory of God shone upon the angels. And then the angels give glory to, to God in the highest. Glory deserves glory. It's kind of funny. It's so great. It's so beautiful. It's so compelling. It, it, it just wells us up with worship and praise. We have to. We have to. I mean, do, do, you, read, do you know how many people come in other cities wearing the number 30 shirt? The blue, they're, they, 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 they live in the, wrong, in the wrong city. And they wear the blue 30 shirt. Because they come to see the glory of Steph to give him glory. <laughs> Get it? <laughs> you can't even watch it unless you give him the glory. You put on the, do you know that when you put on the shirt, you're giving him glory? <laughs> because you want to be with the glory. Everybody's glory hungry. Um, do you know that the values in the world, see, it's deeply human. Whatever is most beautiful, most compelling, we all go seek it. I mean, ladies, do you, do you go, do you know, like, I, w- I want to go put on the best clothes. Let's go to Walmart. <laughs> I- I'm sure, you, you know, you go to the Walmart website when you want, you know, want buy the best clothes for that special night out, right? That's, that's what you want. You go to Walmart for that, right? <laughs> of course not. <laughs> because... Well, well, there's no glory at Walmart. There's cheap stuff at Walmart, okay? But there's no glory at Walmart. Everything in our life is glory-seeking. Everything. You know that? But there's something really, really wrong. Seriously wrong. Um, We admire and seek glory and so we love riches and power and success and beauty and security and honor. And actually, we, we wish it was all, to, all there together. That's why we watch like the Academy Awards, because <laughs> the most pretty people come, and they were the best actor with the best director and the movie that made the most money. All the glory is there. That's why we watch it. <laughs> and if we don't watch it, we just want to know who won. All the glory is there. It's just like a little microcosm of everything in the world. 
But the, that broke, there's something seriously sick and wrong there, too. Because you know what? There's something missing there. You know what's missing? It's humility. It's missing. We call it broken. The Bible calls it sin. Do you notice sin isn't if you just lie or if you just if you beat somebody up or if you're a bully or if you're a racist? That's not just sin. Of course, those are sin. <laughs> but it's but 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 the thing that the Bible calls sin, which is even worse than those things. See, this is even this is crazy. It's even worse than being a bully or being a racist because it's obvious. It's obvious that that's bad. What's even worse? It's when you got it all good and there's no humility. That's sick. And it's so normal. It's all of us. It's all of us. You know that we live, when there's no humility, the absence of humility, there's a word for it. It's called pride. And that's the sin that's sort of like the most toxic thing there is. And it's everywhere. It's everywhere. We live in a sewer, and it stinks of the toxic stench of pride. And it's everywhere, and so everywhere, we don't even notice it. We don't even notice it. That's how bad it is. You know, I'm not a prideful person, Pastor. <laughs> I don't think so highly of myself. You know, that, that's the obvious way. Um, let's wait. Let me, let me, I wrote it down. Pride is so constant, it's like the air that we breathe. It's what makes the whole world broken. It's what makes you and me broken and miserable. It leads to boasting, lying, self-asserting, Jockeying, you know, you gotta, you, you walk into a room and you gotta, you, you compare yourself to the, okay, he's better looking than me. I'm the third best looking person and maybe I can get the third best looking girl. Of course, you don't actually say that, or some of you do. <laughs> you actually say that in your head. It's like that. Those words actually go through your head. I'm the third best looking guy. So you jockey for position. Oh, oh my goodness, she wore the same dress as me. Oh gosh, I have to leave. <laughs> You know, it's, it's, it's self. That's all pride. It's all about me. Me going up. More glory for me. More glory. Let me put some kind of glory on me. More glory toward me. <laughs> but you know what? There's a, there's a flip side to it, too. When there's no humility, in other words, there's pride, and then you don't have glory or at least enough glory. You know what it leads to? Self-pity. Self-sorrow. Self-medicating. We call it addiction. Some choose the medication of like cocaine or heroin or marijuana. You know, like, but, but we're like, but I'm not a bad person. I don't do marijuana. Yeah, that, that's why, you know, you just like to eat a pint of haagen when you feel bad about yourself, right? <laughs> That's what I do. <laughs> you know, 
cookies and cream. It works. <laughs> and it fills that humility absence that we call pride. And it works for about 20 minutes. And then you go right back to feeling sorry for yourself and empty. There's avoidance, denial, depression, anger, self-hatred. See, because when you're poor and nobody likes you, guess what? Sometimes you don't like you. Nobody likes me. Not even my family shows up when my baby is born. Ice cream didn't work. Maybe I should cut myself. That's when there's no humility. When there's pride. When there isn't a glory of God to feed and fill our hearts and souls, there has to be a glory of me. (laughs) And when there isn't enough glory of me, which others recognize and praise, because that's how I know there's a glory of me, because you tell me there's a glory of me. Oh, you're so pretty. You're so smart. (laughs) I like you. You're my friend. Oh, I don't even want to be around you because you're not cool enough. (laughs) That's, That's all about the glory of me. You know what leaves me? It leaves only the misery and hatred of me, even by me. I agree with everybody else. But the angel said, glory to God in the highest. It's it's really weird. There was no Steph Curry. There was no king. There is no money. There's not even any friends clapping. They're just the lowliest, like, stinking, like, maids, except we call them shepherds back then. And nobody cares about, nobody respects. And the angels are saying, glory in the highest. You know why? Because this is what holiness looks like. (laughs) Glory in the highest is because there's Righteousness, there's justice, and you know what there is? Humility. It's there in droves. So there you can't even admit it. We can't even miss it. That's why Christmas is like this. When you're this sick, the Bible has to like, God has to like stick it so in front of our face, we can't miss it. See, this is me. It's humility. Glory to God in the highest is when he is lowest. Isn't that weird? God is utterly at the lowest. That's glory to him in the highest. Let me close my message. Humility and shalom. That verse says something else. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Peace. Everybody knows this. This is really strange. Everybody knows we're supposed to be not, and you, you can see it sometimes when the person accepts the Academy Award. <laughs> I'm, the, I'm the boss. <laughs> but but then, they, you know, then they try to act humble, and you're like, you're not humble. <laughs> sometimes they actually are incredibly surprised, and then we, we love them for it. 
It's like, it's not really about me. And then they, you actually believe them when they say it's not about me because they're self-forgetting. But actually, most of the time, we know that it's BS. It's weird. There's all these godless people in the room. Everybody knows it. It doesn't matter what religion you are. It doesn't matter if you're Muslim. It doesn't matter if you're Hindu or Buddhist. It doesn't even matter if you're an atheist. <laughs> Everybody knows. It's not just about power and money and give me all the adulation and glory and the security. There's something else. There should be loads and loads of humility. Everybody knows this. It's really strange because the secular story is something like this. There is no God and somehow, you know, just by some magical chance, life just evolved. But then there has to be this thing called humility. <laughs> I mean, I, the last time I checked, lizards are not humble. And we don't, like, blame them for it. <laughs> the last time I checked, when the black ants, you know, like, destroy the red ants, we don't go, oh, you're so prideful, <laughs> black ants. Why do human beings have to be humble? <laughs> well, where's that coming from? <laughs> that makes no sense. <laughs> but everybody knows it. Everybody. I mean, you could go to some bush people who are utterly, utterly, like, no education, no ideology. You walk into that place in the middle of some jungle, and then if you, know, you can you know, get some translator and says, do you think people should be humble? They were like, well, of course. <laughs> and you know why? Let's put it to you this way. If everybody was like this baby born and placed in the manger and had that humility, wouldn't the world be wonderful? Wouldn't the world be heavenly? But we're not. And that's why the world is like hell. <laughs> Even when the people are being nice to you, you feel like, I don't know if they're being nice to me. Maybe I better protect myself from this person who's being nice to me. Maybe they'll stab me in the back tomorrow. And then it happens. <laughs> that's just normal. It's totally normal. <laughs> and those are the Christians. <laughs> But there's supposed to be this thing called peace, and we all long for it. You know what peace is? Peace is not merely the absence of conflict. It's, it's like, uh, you know, my brother's sitting there. I, I used to do these really mean things to him. When he, was, when he was little, I used to go up to him when we were little. Okay, like, I'm eight, he's six. He'd be sitting there reading a book, and I would just go up to him, and just to do it, well, he's like, I'll sneak up to him real quiet and just go, boom, just like that, right on his ear. Bang. <laughs> I'll just do that. And then, and then, of course, he'd get really angry. Ah, he'd get angry. And, of course, I loved it. That was, that was so fun. <laughs> it, peace isn't he's sitting there, I'm sitting here, and I'm not doing mean things to him, and he's not angry. That's not peace. And that's not what the Bible means. It's actually a poor translation. That word in the Greek comes with the Hebrew word shalom. And you know what it means? It means when people are flourishing and whole and complete. Glory to God in the highest, and may there be shalom 
shalom, wholeness, flourishing, and those to whom God is pleased. And you know, you and I can't ever flourish and really be the way we are. You know why? If if the world was humble like Jesus, everything would be heavenly because because God became human. And if we were like him, the way human beings are supposed to be, because the Bible says we were made in the image of God. You'll never get that from any secular ideology, by the way. You can't get that from a secular book. Heck, you don't even get them from the other religions. It's an incredible explanation for why human beings are the way they are. We're supposed to be imaging God. Except we have all this pride. But if we actually be imaging him, we would would flow with self-forgetful humility. And then when you have that, you know what will happen? You'd have shalom. You'd be flourishing. This is why Christmas is this way. God started salvation. He started right from the get-go. Here's the first thing these people need. They need a pathway to shalom. And you know what the most toxic problem that they have is? Pride. The antidote is humility. And right from the get-go, God gave us himself oozing with humility. And that's why it's like this. We think, if I don't do the bad things, I'm a good person. That's good that you're not a robber. It's good that you do your studies. It's good that you made a lot of money. It's good that you climbed up in society. But then, but you've still got this thing, this toxic thing called pride. If you follow all the rules and do all the religion, you don't end up a good person. You just end up a good person but still with the most toxic thing in the middle, pride. It's all about me. But only when you can go to the one who came to heal us of this most toxic thing. And that's God himself to make us a new kind of human being. Then can we have shalom and flourish. This is why he came. He didn't come for a cute story. He didn't come for something sentimental. He came because we were the most toxically sick. He started with humility. And he took that humility all the way to the cross. The blood oozed out of him to wash us. And it was all filled with his humility. And if you would be washed by him. See, I said this last week. I said this to a lot of people. If you wake up each day and you don't fight your pride, you're just dying and you're in trouble. But if you wake up each day and you fight your pride, you know what happens? You lose. (laughs) I know, I wake up, fight my pride. (laughs) I've already lost by like 10 (laughs) o'clock. It's all about me. (laughs) I woke up, I fought it for about an hour. Oh, okay, so it's all about me by 10 o'clock. And then I just give up and then I just go into like (laughs) self-medication. My lunch. But at least I'm I'm fighting it. (laughs) But you lose. But if you go to one who will fight for you, and he will fight with his humility, only then can we win 
and that's shalom. Let's worship him. Let's pray. Maybe nobody else came. But you invited some people. And every day we wake up, we think we're facing life on our own. And there's no glory of you. So there has to be glory of me. And we go out on our own. And then it has to be all about me. And then every now and then we figure out this is bad. So I, I guess I better try to learn how to be humble. And we fight the pride and we lose all the time Lord Jesus. We're filled with this toxic death. This death, this noxious thing where it's always about me. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you came. And you came and it wasn't about you. You came for us. You came to be self-forgetful and said, this is what it looks like when you don't worry about yourself. This is what it looks like when you can be placed in a manger. This is what it looks like when the whole world can forget you and tell you you're nothing. And yet God, because of God, God says you're precious. You're loved. And you can self-forget. And you can be flourishing and have shalom. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You showed us this. You gave us this. You died so that you could wash us with this. And so now we worship you. Glory to you in the highest. Because you, though you were highest, you showed us how incredible it can be to be free when we're lowest. We love you. We exalt you. Thank you for Christmas. In Jesus' name.